Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Uh, I'm good, but not, I'm fangirling, but not as much as you. We got, I'm uh, freaking out. I'm totally freaking out. Uh, that never happens to Oh, I meet a lot of athletes just like doing what I've been doing for the last 10 years. So I don't normally freak, but I'm totally freaking out, you guys. Well, I'm, I'm bummed we didn't get to meet at the games. <sighs> I know. I know. This was that was that was very that was a misstep on my part. A hundred percent. Well, in Nikki's defense, like I barely see her at the game. Like I have to chase her down at the games if we're going to talk. It's, it's true. A crazy time for her, to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Little and I got lucky. I just kind of stumbled into Rob. You were in the O2 tent uh, hanging out with my buddy, Dave Kalina. And I saw you. I'm like, oh, I, I wanted to say hi to Dave, but I wanted to meet you because I knew you were going to be there. Oh, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. So it was just like uh, super fortunate for me and really fun. And thank you for agreeing to come on. So totally. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Because then John texted me and he was like, oh, I met Rob and he agreed to be on the show. And I just remember being like looking at my phone, being like, ah, I can't. <laughs> I, like I miss, I miss the entire interaction. I miss the whole meet and greet opportunity. But I'm very excited to virtually meet you, though. I feel like I know you because I'm a huge fan of you, Rob. I mean, we're both in New England, so we could get together sometime. What? What? I'm from Massachusetts. Yeah, you guys Where are, are you close. From? So uh, we live just outside of Springfield, oh, so okay. Western Mass. But you're in Rhode Island, right? Yeah. So my sister lives in Westerly. I grew up in southeastern Connecticut. Oh my so, god! So, oh yeah, we're pretty oh much god. family. I mean. We are pretty much related at this point. Also, I'm from I'm from Newton, so uh, we have oh amazing common too. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing. Well, you're right nearby, and I have a lot of things in my new house that are heavy and need to be moved. So, like, yeah. I just envision a lot of Rhode Island trips for you coming up. It's mutually beneficial. Amazing. That sounds great. <laughs> you're like, I love to be used for my strength. Totally. I mean, I'm used to it at this point in my life. I'm sure. Have you gotten that your have, whole life? You have like, that friend the with the truck, part. and then you have that friend with muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have the truck. I no. drive a Honda Civic. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's highly unpredictable. I'm just right? gonna throw that out there. It, it works great for training, though, because I can throw it on a deadlift jack and we can pick it up when I'm getting ready for a contest or when I was getting ready for the uh, the Arnold the, or it was the Rogue Invitational when we had the the Wheel of Pain. Um, and my coach was like, I don't know how best to train this. He was like, I have an idea. So we went outside. We put the e-brake on my car and I just started pushing it across the parking lot. So that's how I would train for the Wheel of Pain. Wow, Honda Civic, way to way to come through. Hey, coming in the clutch. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> oh man. Well, I I'm I'm so excited to have you on, Rob. I mean, I know I'm I'm a huge fan of you and I've been following you for a long time and I, I'm familiar with you and your story, but I think that um for some of our listeners, you might be 
I don't know. We have like, we have this like CrossFit centric listener community. So you're totally. now fringe CrossFit, right? Cause we're CrossFit is sort of like falling into the strongman stuff. And now that you work with HWPO, there's like a lot going on, but I do, before we get into like all the latest, greatest things that you are working on right now, I would love for you to just tell your story a little bit, a little bit of your background, a little bit, how we got to know you and love you for who you are on the interwebs these days. Um, because I feel like people may not be super familiar with where you've come from yeah you know so i i've been on the scene for a while right so i've, I've been competing in strongman now for 13 years uh i did my first strongman competition when i was 17 years old i was a senior in high school what and actually like if anybody has kind of followed hwpo and seen my come up with the company i found strongman through crossfit um so i actually joined oh. my first crossfit gym in 2009 um, and that was really my first experience with, with, you know, proper weight training and stuff like that. And the owners quickly realized that I was not that good at CrossFit. Um, <laughs> but I think it was my second or third time in the gym. The CrossFit total was a workout of the day. And at 17 years old, I deadlifted 506 pounds and, um, they were like, okay, I think there's something with this kid mm -hmm. and they signed mm -hmm. me up for my first strongman competition. And to be honest, I was a terrible athlete. When I first started the sport, I was, you know, a mediocre, you know, traditional athlete. And, um, I played football. I was a baseball player for some time. And then also was a cheerleader as well and was decent enough to play, but never really excelled that much. And strongman was when I really like, found my thing, even though I wasn't good at it when I started. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I found myself at Springfield College in Massachusetts. I was studying sports medicine and athletic training and continuing my strongman career and kind of like passion. Um, senior year of college ended up winning the amateur national championship and turning pro by some crazy turn of events. And my word. Um, it really just kind of snowballed into a full-time career that it is now, you know, and all along the while of, of kind of getting a bachelor and a master's degree and getting good at strongman and competing all over the place was kind of on this, this journey of, of my own. So, um, I'm most well known as my Instagram handle world strongest gay. And in 2014, I came out and I am still the first and only openly gay professional strongman. And ever since that moment, it really has put such an amazing turn on my life because now not, not only am I, you know, competing in this unbelievably hyper-masculine sport, but I also have this amazing platform to just showcase the relationship I have with my husband and, you know, the amazing things that people can do regardless of the limitations I think people automatically put people put on people um, when people think about sexuality or sexual orientation or gender identity, stuff like that. I think they automatically put people into a box and, you know, for so long, especially myself growing up, you know, gay men are always depicted, you know, pretty much one way in media. Right. And that's like flamboyant, feminine, um, outgoing. And that's really all I saw growing up and a majority of people see growing up. So, now that I, you know, am an out and proud gay man competing in this hyper-masculine sport and, you know, doing pretty well at it, it's really nice to have that platform to show everybody that sexual orientation has no limits on the things you can achieve. 
It's bananas that we even still have to have that conversation. It's way, it's crazy. It's crazy. What is this? Like, like, I'm like, yeah, that's right. But I'm like, also like, I don't care who is in your bed at night. Like, are you picking stuff up and putting it down? Like, it's just, it's, I'm so glad for you, Rob. And I'm, I'm happy that, um, that you have this platform because it's, it's important to bring people out of the dark. And it's wild to me that we are even still in the dark uh, in 2022. I don't, the world is crazy. Sports fans are kind of crazy as they are though. How was the reception? Mm. Um, You know, to be honest in Strongman, it was, it was pretty great. Um, I'm really fortunate that when I did come out, I had already turned pro. I'd actually taken second place at America's Strongest Man. So I was pretty well known in the sport at that point. And the great thing with Strongman is it's, it's a lot like CrossFit because mm. it takes so much of your time, effort, pain, hard work, everything to get to an elite level that once you're at that level, everybody kind of has this mutual respect because you understand what it took to get there. Cool. And, you know, I say this a lot and, you know, strong and CrossFit, there's a lot of parallels between the two. They're two of the only sports where you're competing against somebody and cheering for them at the same time. And it's so cool to be a part of that community. And that's really what it was when I came, when I came out, it was, you know, all the top guys in the sport came and had my back and congratulated me and, and, you know, were so supportive. And what I learned quickly, it was the people that didn't understand the culture of strongman that were making nasty comments or having derogatory things to say. But the great thing was, is I never had to go to bat for myself because all of my friends and the other people in the sport were doing that for me. So it was, it was a really beautiful moment for me to see that in action. Um, you know, I will say, but as I've gotten more popular and gotten better at the sport and social media is a beautiful and terrible thing at the same time, (laughs) um, you know, it's, you know, uh, do I get hate messages and comments on a daily basis? Yeah. But I mean, at this point, it, it doesn't really bother me anymore because I've gotten to this point where I realize there's no bigger middle finger to those people that hate me than my success. Truth. Yeah. So, so I use those comments, those messages as fuel. When I step into the gym, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You know, like you can say whatever you want to me online. One, you're not going to say it to my face. And two, I'm still stronger than you at the end of the day, both (laughs) physically and emotionally. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely not saying it to your face. I stood next to you at the games and I'm like, holy shit, this dude is big, yo. <laughs> I think of the best moment I had at the games was um I met Chandler Smith for the first time in person. And he gave me this hug and he took this step here because he was like, Man, you're thick. Like people don't <laughs> feel like he's like People don't feel like that. Like, that's crazy. I was like, all right, that's a cool. That's, that was, uh, I've got pylon? <laughs> what is going on? So it was, it was a pretty funny moment for me. <laughs> You're like, yes, yes, I am, small yeah. man, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but that's the funny thing is, you know, I am like, I'm the smallest, the, the shortest and lightest competitor in strongman at this level. Right. So it's like people see me like at the games and they think I'm huge. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like the annoying little brother that shows up at competitions that just wants to hang out. Um, <laughs> whereas like the guys I compete against are just behemoths. Yeah. But in, in the CrossFit world, you're like the size of four Matt Frazier's. I mean, that's the that's the <laughs> that's just the truth. Like it is. Yeah. You know, you'd exceptionally big. The, my first experience with Strongman, it was really funny to me. It was Rogue Invitational a year ago. 
And I never watched Strongman Life ever. And first of all, just impressive as hell. Like as a below average human in lifting capabilities, watching people lift <laughs> logs and yokes and move sandbags. I'm just like, holy shit, these guys are strong. But the the most amazing part to me, I was walking around the concourse and I'm used to being around games athletes. And when they're done competing, they're getting out chicken and rice and they're all meticulous in what they're putting in their bodies. I've literally watched these three strong men at the snack bar getting hot dogs and nachos and like loading up. I'm like, holy shit, they still got to compete. And they're just <laughs> pounding food. I'm like, this is so living impressive. my best life. I'm like, this is my sport. I need to, I need to get all in on this. The funny great. thing is a lot of us have the same nutrition coach and um, he was, he was at the rogue invitational and, you know, again, like, before, even before I started working with HWPO, I, I am a CrossFit nerd through and through, right? Like I've followed the sport since 09 and I absolutely love it. So in between our events, I didn't want to go back to the hotel. I wanted to watch, right? So my nutrition coach would be like, all right, you know, go over here, get a, a bacon cheeseburger, some French fries and, you know, a couple slices of pizza. I'm like, load me up. I'm good. Yes, please. Can I also get in with this nutrition coach, please? Because that sounds like my diet on the I day actually day. think based on that, I am a nutrition coach. <laughs> For sure. Wow. That is super that is super impressive. Well, and you just mentioned it, but you're the newest member of Hard Work Pays Off. Congratulations, dude. That's yeah, really, dude. That's that's great. really amazing. And and a huge win for them, let's be honest. Yeah, like, truly. That's really, really great. So you're gonna be leading the the strength portion of their program is that what you're doing there yeah so so i have my own program on their platform called hwpo strong which is <clears throat> a lot of people think just because i'm a strong man this is a strong man program and it's actually not strong is a program designed for any of those athletes that want to maybe they want a strength focused program but not lose their fitness that they currently have right so i think a lot of the times like the amazing thing about CrossFit is we try to test our abilities across multiple different, um, you know, fitness tests, right? Whether it's endurance, it's speed, it's strength, gymnastics, all these different things. It's really hard to get good at all of those things at the same time. And so when I was designing this program, it was how do we get these athletes stronger in the barbell lifts that one are going to increase the big three in the bench squat and the deadlift, but also help build up the basics of Olympic lifts without losing the CrossFit feel of a, of a training program. So these athletes aren't going stir crazy. So, you know, the way the program is designed, it's a four day training program with Metcons every single day. So you're getting that little bit of CrossFit fix. Um, and then there's two optional longer conditioning days. If the, if you guys choose, if the athletes choose so, so it really was, it's a lot of fun for me to design um, because it really brings both of my passions together. You know, even as a professional strongman, I still go to a CrossFit gym. I still do three to four workouts a week at the, at, you know, at the box. Um, and it's just really great for me to kind of bring both of those worlds together. And honestly, it's been amazing. I mean, you know, it's I'm still trying to wrap my head around the the fact that I was the one they chose to lead this charge. Um, right. You know, it's you know, to me, it's like I, I'm I'm Rob Curdy, right? Like, yeah, I have a master's degree in sports medicine and I'm a pretty good strong man. But um, to be sought out by Matt and Sammy and O'Keefe to to head up the strength, you know, to head up the strength program for the company and also work with our games athletes on their strength training has been absolutely surreal. 
I bet as a CrossFit fan for so long, I mean, you know the history and you know the legacy. When Matt Fraser called you, I bet you were just like, um, what? <laughs> so it's actually funny. So Sammy and I actually went to neighboring colleges. So I've actually known her since like 2011. Oh my God, of course. And at the Arnold Strongman Classic in 2020, I had just finished an event and I come off the floor and I hear this voice behind me, Rob? And I turn around and it's Sammy standing there. So obviously like we knew each other from college. I knew she was with Matt. So I'm like, okay, it's cool. Like two degrees of separation to Matt Frazier or whatever. And then we, we just start talking and then Matt walks up and we just kind of had this organic conversation and fast forward a year and a half to late 2021, Matt texts me um, because he had just really started coaching now full time. And there were some strength deficits that he needed. So that we need, he wanted to work through and he felt like I was the best person to help him with that. And that's really how the relationship started. And then the Arnold strongman classic 2022, they invite me over for dinner one night and just kind of throw this on me that they wanted me to be their new strength coach. <laughs> you were like, Oh yeah, let me just check my, my calendar. Oh, I'm free. No, no, <laughs> it was, it was such a surreal moment because like I, I've been around a lot of really cool people and in those intimate moments, like when people are seeking something out from you, um, I didn't want to seem over eager. I didn't want to seem, uh, you know, kind of giddy, even though I was, um, <laughs> but I was like, trying to play it cool and like, be like, Oh yeah. Like I'll think about it, get back to you. And Joey, my husband's there. He's like, no, he's going to do this. The answer is yes. Thank <laughs> you, Joey, the voice yeah. of reason. Thank God. Like, yeah, he, he shot me. He shot my cool level down real quick. and was like, no, 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 he's he's doing this. This is, we're right. not leaving here with this, I don't know, maybe he'll think about it type thing. Like, he's, he's were you, doing this. Were, were you like, okay, I was just trying to play it cool, you guys, I'm totally in. Yeah, 100%. Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, what he said, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't play oh hard to gosh. get with Frazier, dude. Not, no, 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 no. no truly, don't play hard to get with Sammy because that's she's leading the the show here. Let's be real. Oh, absolutely. I put it up <laughs> on my story. Like, um, it was something about like I said. Oh, you know, you know, you do, you know, you've done well when the boss gives you a high five, and it was me high fiving Sammy. And then I put on the bottom of the story post. I was like, sorry, O'Keefe. We all know who the real boss is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course, as it should be. That team is incredibly collaborative, though. I mean, between, you know, I love that you mentioned Sammy as part of that because she has a really integral part of that team and and all of them work so well together. What's it like, like moving into a team that's been working together for so Mm. long and now you're the new guy coming in? I think, um, honestly, it, it hasn't been too difficult because one thing that they do really well is kind of vet the people that come into the company because, Obviously, what they're what we're doing is really, really special, um, but we are a company centered around culture first. And it, you know, what you know, like I said, for me to be the person that they sought, sought out, like I'm unbelievably honored to be in this role and working with these people on a daily basis. But it's just really cool to to see how they work and see the collaboration, the the 
ease of communication, I guess, is the best way to put it, where, you know, one person brings up one thing and it's, you know, we have this amazing group of people between Matt, between O'Keefe, between Sammy. We have Eric, our um, our videographer and design director, Jake Marconi, this amazing athlete and coach. And, um, you know, we just hired Harry Pally now as well as our, oh, as our COO. You poached you know, so, him from New England? Yeah. You know, so like we just have this amazing group of people that are cool. the best at what they do. And, you know, to now be a part of that, it honestly, it makes work easy, you know, and I think they're really good at delegating tasks to people that they know will do it well um, without putting too much strain on them at the same time, which is really cool. I love hearing that. I feel like um, I feel like we're a, a rare breed. So I also own my own business. And every time we bring someone in, like especially like an intern or someone who's a little bit of a revolving type of an employee, they always leave being like, this is the only place I've ever been treated well. This is the only place I've ever, you know, felt really supportive or you guys put each other first or you put work like second behind company culture or whatever's important. Um, and that really makes me sad because I feel like all of us who are now in these positions where we can make this kind of culture and yourself included, John, even though your world is a little bit more corporate, I know you do this for your employees as well. We like just ate shit at jobs for so long. Right. And that's why we don't want it to be that way now when we're in positions to make it better. But like, it's just a bummer that we're so very much the minority <laughs> of companies and places to work and stuff. And the last intern I have just about to leave my company, she's like, oh, I've never like worked anywhere like this before. And I really hope I can find it again. And I'm like, you won't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, and, and, and with me, like I come from a world, you know, literally up until I was offered this job, I was still working full time and, and being a professional athlete. So I worked as an athletic trainer at a high school. Um, and so like covering sports Wait, games. what? Oh yeah. Yeah. And your, your students were just like, oh, like, look, this is chill. Like look, <laughs> Rob Kearney just works here at NBD. Can you work on my ankle, Rob? And then <laughs> pretty like, much. we'll be like famous lifter, amazing man. Okay, sweet. Thanks. Yeah. That's pretty much what my day to day was. Oh um, my God. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not to say that wasn't a great job. It was, and it, it gave me a lot of great, um, you know, I, it gave me flexibility to do what I wanted and things were really good, but now being able to do this, like when I first got onto this job, they, you know, the first thing O'Keefe and Frazier and Matt said to me were like, Hey, we still want you to compete. So make sure that like your training is still a priority with when, while you're working for us. And I was like, wow. Okay. That's cool. Um, so they wanted me to prioritize that. And even being at the games, while it was a whirlwind of a weekend, you know, that was my first time at the games. So here I am like kid in the candy shop, trying to do oh, everything yeah. I can to be a part of it and, you know, still be working with the company and, and doing my job. It was, you know, it never felt like work while I was there, right? Like I was just hanging out with my friends at the games and then just had some things to do throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was, I, I don't want to say I was surprised just cause I'm not familiar enough with strongman, but like in the little time we were sitting standing there talking to each other, you were getting harassed for photos. I was <laughs> impressed at how many people knew, you know, you're recognizable. Like people find me, they're like, aren't you that, are you that meme guy that like people knew you instantly? Mm -hmm. it, was, it was really impressive. Was it like that for you all weekend long? It was to be honest. That's and like, so I don't, cool. 
I don't want I hope that doesn't come across as cocky, but uh, no, no, it was, I wasn't expecting that in the, in the least. Right. Um, you know, people knowing who I was walking around. I mean, I will say it happened more at the games than it has at most strongman competitions. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was really cool to see that, you know, and I think, you know, obviously I competed at the Rogue Invitational. I've been to the Arnold and I've done really, really big shows, World strongest man. And, um, obviously with the launch of HWPO strong and, and me being a part of the team now, my name has gotten into, into CrossFit a little bit more, but you know, to, for people to be kind of like hunting me down to take pictures as I'm walking around, it was a really, really cool moment for me. That's awesome. I mean, I don't think that that, don't worry. That does not sound like, like you've got a big head or anything by any means. The Matt straight up told me that the best part of games for him was like the three people who asked him to take selfies. <laughs> I'm like, that was the best. Like, it wasn't like watching your wife out there on the doing her thing, you know, really big moment, interviewing Tia for what maybe it was the last time. Like, not, no, it was the yeah. selfie. Okay. Cool. Love cool. that for you. Cool. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. How did Amazing. the, how'd your games experience compare to going on Rogan? They were so different, right? Like, the games, I, I mean, I will honestly say, like, I think. You know, looking at the CrossFit games for people that have never gone, I think sometimes they get deterred by the cost of tickets um, and just like the amount of of what the weekend entails. Right. Because it's a lot of fitness. There's a lot going on every day and it can mm-hmm. be intimidating. And I walked away from that weekend and I went back to to our home gym here. And when people were asking, I was like, this is one of the few experiences that is worth paying to go to. I agree. It was nonstop from the from when the gates opened to when they closed at night. There was stuff going on. There was things to see. The vet, whether it was the vendors, the age group athletes, the adaptive athletes, the elite athletes. I mean, you name it. There was stuff going on, and it was so so cool to be able to see everything. Um, you know, obviously Rogan was awesome because you know I've been able to go on the the podcast twice, which is great, and. You know, funny thing about that, I literally, the first time we went on, I, I literally just DM'd him and asked if I could come on. Right. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. Why not? How about tomorrow? Yeah. Um, so he's, he started following me before I was following him. Oh, which is okay. cool. Uh-huh. Um, so he started following me after, all right, I don't, this is going to, there's no, non-conceited way to say this so he started following me after arnold schwarzenegger posted about my husband and i getting married um, okay <laughs> bury the lead that was 10 times cooler than any podcast you could ever go on hosted by anybody just saying yeah so so arnold so we went down to australia in 2019 i competed at the arnold australia actually won the competition and joey and i had planned our elopement for that weekend as well so I win the competition Saturday night and standing in front of a few thousand people, Arnold asked me what we had planned for the rest of the weekend. And I was like, we had, at this point, we literally had only told our families. We hadn't told anybody. So I was like, oh, well, we're actually getting married tomorrow. So the crowd went nuts, which was great. Take pictures. And um, the next morning, Arnold, I get a text from Arnold's assistant asking where and when the wedding was because Arnold wanted to be there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it because he had other stuff going on. But after the wedding, I get a FaceTime and it's from Arnold <laughs> asking what we had planned for the evening. What is happening? 
it, it's, world. This, it's so stupid. I ever, even talking about it, I'm like, what, how the hell is this real life? <laughs> oh my God. Um, so Arnold asked what we had planned for the night and we just had dinner reservations for the two of us. He says, no, cancel them. I'm taking care of you. So he sends us this address. We show up and he has a yacht chartered for us for the evening. Oh. Um, and takes us out on a three-hour tour of the city of Melbourne, Australia. We dock the boat. We get in the car. Then he takes us to dinner. And after that night, we're walking back to the hotel. And Joey looks at me and goes, it doesn't really get any better than this. Does it? I was like, oh, no, no, no. It is straight downhill from today. Like, The day we got married, we hit the peak. And it's all shit from here. So, <laughs> awesome. so Arnold Wait, puts up this. Is Arnold like? Is he like fun to like chat with? Like, can you just like hang with the dude, or is he like like next level weird at this point in his life? Oh That's, no, he was great. He's we still were awesome. Like, okay. We, so again, like so so Arnold posts about us, and Rogan starts following me, which is great. And then I'm doing a contest in L.A. So I message Rogan. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. Can I come on the show? And fully expecting to be left on red or or whatever. Ten minutes later, he's like, yeah, sure. When do you want to come on? Oh, my God. I was like, well, that was way easier than I expected it to be. <laughs> Honey, oh. we're peaking again. <laughs> yes. Like, no booking agent, nothing like that. Just literally just DM'd him. And then back to Arnold. So, like, that later that night, we're, like, at his house, like, smoking cigars by the pool, like, just hanging out, chilling. And it's January in L.A., so it's kind of chilly. And I see something in the pool next to me, and it's his donkey. Oh, whiskey or Lulu? Whiskey. Got it. Yeah. Lulu, I think, is the pony. The mini the pony. pony. Whiskey's yeah, the yeah, dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that you know that. Of course I know it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I was actually super impressed, too. I'm not going to lie. I was That's really fabulous. Guys, you guys, if you don't follow Arnold Schwarzenegger, first of all, uh, like, what are, you, what are you doing with your life? And second of all, immediately go find videos of him talking to Whiskey and Lulu because they're his donkey and mini horse and they both live in the house. How about the oh. fact that he chases them around the yard on his electric bike in Segway? <laughs> I mean, Wait, it's just great. is living my best life, and I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was a little aside to answer, to talk about Rogan. I'm, it's just unreal. Like, how do you stay grounded with all this? I mean, like, think about Seriously. it. You're like, like you, you get married. You you peak with Arnold, then you go Rogan a couple of times. Now you get recruited by arguably the greatest CrossFitter that's ever lived. You know, and wait, like, wait, wait! But in the midst of all this, you like you like won the Arnold, like had your day, whatever. And in like between popping into like you know Arnold's backyard with his donkey and Rogan, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna go back and work on high school kids too. Yeah, right. You're just like bouncing back and forth between your super grounded life and your like insane famous life. Yeah, I think it's, you know, to me, it's like it still doesn't feel real. You know, like I think I every day I wake up and I realize how lucky I am to be in the position I'm in. You know, to to be in an amazing relationship with my husband who has supported me literally from day one uh, in my career in Strongman and than to be able to just like surround myself with really good people. I think, you know, as corny as as cheesy as it may sound, it's like, if you try to do good things, good things are going to happen to you. And, you know, I, I, I believe that's kind of manifesting in my life. You know, it's, I've just always tried to be a good person to help people when I can. And, you know, I'm, I'm just fortunate that it's showing, showing its way back to me in so many amazing ways that, 
I couldn't imagine, you know, I mean, Jesus, six months ago, I never would have imagined that'd be, you know, working for this amazing company, it, you know, in this sport that I love. And it's, it's just so cool to me that I get to be able to do these things and, and call it work, which is, it just, mm-hmm. you know, after the games, I was having a conversation with O'Keefe and I literally looked at him. I was like, it's really stupid that this is considered work. <laughs> I was like, and I mean that with the, as the highest compliment, I mean, you know, like to be, to, to have to, you know, like we're, (laughs) I got a text today saying, Hey, we need you to come to Madrid for five days. Like it's, it's Uh, absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) I have to, yeah. You know, and it's, it's just really cool to, to see that, you know, I guess being able to, to put good, good juju and good stuff out into the world and help the right people um, that it, that it's finally coming to pay off a little bit. I was, uh, I tell you what I was, uh, I don't know if most impressed is the right term, but like really intrigued by when I was doing some research for this and Nikki's always shocked when I actually do research. Amazing. Uh, I know, <laughs> but there was a children's book written about you this year. Yes. <gasps> that is like, the, tell me about this. This is the coolest thing ever. And by the way, we need to get a copy for Nikki's kids. Yes. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Hunter needs a copy. Nikki, um, after this, just DM me your address and I'll send one out tomorrow. Okay. Can you, can you hand deliver it though? <laughs> I probably can. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so the book is titled strong. And after I, I had broken the American log press record in 2019. Um, so I actually, I pressed 471 pounds overhead on a log and an author DM'd me uh, on Twitter and was just like, Hey, your story is really cool. And more people need to hear about you. And I want to do a children's picture book about you and your life, because I think kids need more real life superheroes and people they can look up to. And so 2019, we kind of started this journey of, you know, here's this, this published author who him and I had no relationship to each other prior to this and started with just interviews, just learning about my life and, and really what did we want the story arc to be? Did we want it to be a coming out story? Did we want it to be overcoming something? And we landed on this amazing story to essentially use color as a metaphor, I guess the best way to put it in adult terms. And one thing that we notice is a constant in my career is that I, I never follow the stereotype of what a strong man looks like, you know, whether it's my rainbow mohawk or the colored leggings that I wear when I compete, I always try to bring my own flair and, and my unique self to the competition floor. And what we did with the story is we use that as the metaphor for strength. And when you're able to be yourself, that's when true strength can be realized, whether that's internal or physical strength. And, you know, along with this story, it's, it's about, you know, me finding love and how that love gave me the strength to finally be myself in a sport that sometimes seems unwelcoming to outsiders. Mm -hmm. So it was so cool to, to kind of go through this journey. It took three years um, from concept to publishing And, but it's been absolutely amazing. You know, it came out just before world's strongest man. So it, it, um, it released on May 10th of this year and it was actually the number one, um, children's like bestseller on Amazon for three weeks in a row. And, you know, it's just, we got hooked up with this amazing illustrator, Nadi Chinani, who she does work for Disney and is this amazing, um, just, she was able to capture, 
the essence of strongman and have this amazing emotion behind the pictures. It was, it was so cool. And I've done a lot of really cool things in my life, you know, whether it's being on TV and doing stuff, but there's something really special about having a children's book because those are, they're timeless. You know, I mean, even still now at 30 years old, you know, I still think about the books I read when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, and to be able to have something like that out in this world, that is just this amazingly positive story about, um, acceptance and overcoming fears and, you know, just being yourself. It's, it's really cool to be the person behind that message. That's insane. I'm so excited that that is, is like available to kids because like you said, like you, you're truly shaped by a lot of those early experiences with stories and with metaphor and with the visuals and, and, it is going to mean a lot to a lot of kids having that for the rest of their lives. That's really important, Rob. Yeah. You know, I I think the best way I put it is, you know, talking about a little bit, we talked about earlier, you know, it's like seeing gay men depicted as one certain way in media growing up. I never thought I was possible. Hmm. Right. Like I'd never seen a gay professional strongman or really athlete in any real, you know, traditional sport, you know, there's, you know, Tom Daly in the Olympics, there's Greg Luganis, there's, there's other, there's athletes that are openly gay. Um, but to see somebody in like a traditional masculine sport, it didn't exist. Um, you know, so to be that person now and, and to, to kind of be that visual for people to show that, you know, gay doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, it's really cool to, to kind of be that image for people. Yeah, that's so important. Well, it is interesting how these, you know, traditional, you know, masculine sports like NFL, Major League Baseball, you know, you you haven't you've had very few people come out. And mm-hmm. so to your point, I think it's it somebody's got to be first and and be brave enough to do that. And kudos to you, man, because, you know, I just I think of these kids that are going to see this and I love the narrative of they need to see a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what kids rally around and they go, I can go do that. And, you know, I, I'm sure there are going to be people like, oh, you know, you're promoting homosexuality to kids. No, like kids are going to look at it and go, I can be a strong man. I can, I can be who I am. I can go lift heavy weights or I can go do anything. And it's just, it's like, a, it's a really cool arc. Like I'm excited for this. I think the best part about the story release was, you know, my Instagram blowing up of videos of parents taking videos of their kids, trying to like lift up all of their stuffed animals. <gasps> or like oh my lift God, up the my couch pillows. Oh. Like <laughs> that was the coolest thing, you know, to see like, cause they want to be like the rainbow Mohawk guy. Right. Like that's what I'm known. Like when kids see me, like, so my nieces and nephews, they call me rainbow Rob because I typically have the rainbow hair and like, that's what kids want to see. And like, you know, to get these videos from parents that are like, Oh, my four-year-old is like in his room, like lifting up his basket of, you know, stuffed animals and, you know, throwing his pillows up in the air, like stuff like that. It's just, it's so cool to see that and like, see that immediate impact. Um, that that a story can have on kids mm-hmm. yeah you know, it, it's funny i have two kids they're 18 and 20 now when they were little uh my youngest both girls the youngest was really into trains and dinosaurs she was like the biggest tomboy that ever lived you know and i encouraged it like she wanted you know she wanted to have trains and dinosaurs more the merrier bought her big yeah. train table all the dinosaurs she's wanted my oldest 
was the girliest of girls. Barbie this, Barbie that, dress up, whatever. Now, polar opposite. Yeah, I was going to say, young, what? Yeah, the young. <laughs> and so my point to that is, is like, I, you know, I think kids will see this and realize they can do anything they want. Yeah. They may not end up being strong men, you know, but it will give them the opportunity to go, you know what? I can go try things, mm-hmm. which and is I think really cool. What's really cool is what we did in the story is, is we showed my entire life's journey from you know, from being a strong little kid to, you know, playing football and being a cheerleader, right. And then going into working out and then finding my husband in the gym, you know, so it's this amazing story of, of obviously not only, you know, my life, but also the relatability that like, you can do all these different things and still be something amazing. I love that. I want to hear a little bit about a little bit more about your husband. Last time I saw you said he was going out for boys weekend while you were at the games, how'd that go for him? <laughs> it was great. He had a great time. So it was him and uh, him and a bunch of his girlfriends. They went to, uh, to the beach for the weekend and, you know, it, it was, he had a blast and it was great. And it was really good to, to get back and see each other. Cause you know, he's on vacation and I'm working at the game. So our communication was minimal. So yeah. you know, we were, <laughs> right. My like, communication yeah. with my husband was minimal and we were sharing a room. So, <laughs> um, so to get back, it was, uh, you know, he, he played college soccer, ran track in college as well. And, um, you know, he competes as an amateur strongman, does CrossFit as well. And I told him like the last night I was there, I was like, you know, like he was kind of on the fence about going to the games only because like he knew I was going to be working all weekend. Right. Right. So like, what was his role going to be? Like, he didn't really know anybody that was going to be there, but I was like a hundred percent, you need to come next year because it's just such an amazing experience. But Joey is, I mean, he's amazing. And, you know, like I said, I, I give so much credit to him and the things he's given me, um, you know, in my life to, you know, one, you know, he's the first boyfriend I ever had. Oh, and, no way! <laughs> yeah. And after dating for, gosh, um, we, we officially started dating September 6th of 2014. October 20th of 2014 is when I came out publicly. Um, Oh, and so we'd only been dating for about six weeks, but there was just something about him that it felt so comfortable for me to be okay coming out to the world with him as my partner. Hmm. Um, I did it in the most millennial way possible on a a man crush Monday post. Yeah. (laughs) And we're um, so old. For it's the record, it's like that shit doesn't exist. Like anyone under no. twenty five is like cringing so hard, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm man like, crush what Mondays. the hell is MCDM? Mean? You know how many but, times um, I posted man crush Mondays about my dogs? I'm just saying, I am that oh, millennial. Absolutely, yeah. So, me. so I was actually driving home from work that day, and I parked in the in our driveway, and I like put up the post and I was going to see him after work and I just walk into the house and I give him my phone. I was like, what do you think? And it was the post with all the pictures and stuff like that. And he was like, you have to do this if you're ready to, Mm. you know, that was his response. And he was like, if you want to, I'm here for you. If you want to wait, that's fine. But we're 22 at this point. He had been out since he was 17 and I really didn't feel like it was fair for him to have to hide again and to be in the closet again. Um, five years after coming out. So I put up the post and I mean, overnight it put our relationship under a microscope. 
because next thing you know, like Perez Hilton tweeted about us and TMZ is asking for an interview and Huffington Post and all these things. And but it was so good, you know, to have yeah. that person to kind of lean on. And he's been he's been that person for me my entire strongman career. He's been the one that's pushed me to, you know, go to these international competitions. And he's the one, you know, even now is, you know, I'm getting ready for the rogue invitational. And he's like, hey, I know we have a really busy day, but you have to make sure you take this time for your training and don't focus on anything else. Like get to the gym, get your training done. Then we can work on this after. And um, to have that kind of person in your corner is really special. And I'm, I'm so, so lucky. When, when all that happens and you start getting, you know, tweets and messages from press Hilton and whoever, like, do you, is it, do you feel an obligation to respond to that and mm. like to make it a thing like to up for others or does it feel invasive? Like, how does that feel on the spot? A little bit of both. But I think what happened was, is Joey and I were, did a really good job at realizing where this was going to go in terms of us realizing that we, you know, I'm the first openly gay athlete in this sport. And this could mean something to a lot of people. Hmm. And I think we were able to have that realization pretty quickly. And that was so October that happened. And in March of that year, um, I competed at the Arnold actually as an amateur in the heavyweight division. And I, I broke an, I broke a record at the competition. And one of the lifting video went kind of viral. And in the car ride home, again, we're in grad school at this point. So we were driving from Massachusetts to Columbus because we couldn't afford the plane ticket. <laughs> Ever um, grounded, Rob. Ever grounded. <laughs> And uh, in my Civic, by the way, and <laughs> um, he 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 kind of had this moment where he was like, "We need like something to hang on to with this moment." And he came up with the hashtag "Breaking the Stereotype." And you know, it was kind of that moment of like, "We're breaking the stereotype of what it means to be gay, what a gay man is, in, in this box that people automatically put you through." And even though it it was stressful for, for a relationship early on, you know, cause geez, when I came out and made that statement, we'd been dating for six weeks and, you know, here we are getting these interview requests and it put a lot of pressure on us as a couple. I think we were able to kind of take that step back and, and realize the impact that, you know, me as an openly gay athlete and our relationship could have on people, you know, showing a, a healthy, you know, gay relationship in social media, I think is really important and being able to do that. And, um, you know, we're, like I said, I think we're just mature enough to have that realization quickly to just kind of roll with the punches and make the most of it. Mm. I was in, uh, I was in Cincinnati over the weekend. My daughter, uh, enrolled in the university of Cincinnati. And so we're taking her down to move in. And, uh, her mom was staying with her brother and his partner, and they've been a couple married now for long as I can remember. 20 years and at some point they started bickering as old married couples do and i'm like see gay couples are just as unhappy as straight couples this is great but it was funny to me because i'm watching it in front of my girls i'm like this is what they need to see though this is just it's just normal life it isn't yeah. it's you know, love yeah it's, it's just, love. just like this way people are <laughs> you know? is, I, right? I think the more it's normalized where you know people see that this is you know just as what it is no, which is why, like, like I said before, like, it's just so weird that to me that we even need to have this conversation anymore, like that it's a big deal that you're the only openly gay athlete in the sport of strongman. Like, I just 
I feel like sometimes we're insulated, right? Because like we live on the coast and we live in these pretty like open liberal type areas where people are just kind of, I don't know, not assholes, I guess. Well, assholes in very different ways because well, like don't come assholes. at me with your hot coffee <laughs> or look me in the eye when I'm on the tea. Like just <laughs> put your head down and leave me the fuck alone. Well, like, but you got to recognize different parts of the country though. Like, you know, or come along at different speeds. Like I was True. having a conversation, um, with these uh, at the games, I was hanging out with these three friends of mine. They're all lesbians. It's important to the story that you know that. And we're hanging out and we're talking about like this sort of thing. And I'm like, you know, when I was 18, I went to an Indigo Girls concert. Love them. They were one of my favorite bands of all time. But I was 18 years old and I grew up in rural Mississippi, like North Mississippi. I had no idea the Indigo Girls were lesbians. And so I show up at this concert and I'm literally like the only dude in this place. And I'm like, keep in mind, 18 year old Southerner looking around like, this is weird. Like, this is odd. Why am I the only guy here? And then the two girls in front of me start making out. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. That was my coming of age. Like, yeah. that's, but the, my point is, is like the South was so far behind other parts of the country at that time, or, you know, maybe just my part of the country that you weren't exposed to any of that and, and didn't realize, oh, this is just normal it's just you know people loving each other you know listen to this day i am the only jew that some people in my husband's family have ever met like like people right and this is like like a whole lot of us these days (laughs) like we're like you're a pretty popular people coming back that's all i'm saying okay (laughs) everything's coming back like 90s fashion heels like we're all just coming back but one of the same you, really you are I mean. totally <laughs> truly at the end of the day but you're truly right in that like just you forget like other parts of the because so that's what i'm saying is i feel like i'm i'm pretty insulated where i live and where i grew up in boston and all that stuff that I, that it's just bananas to me that we even still need to be like oh yeah that's a thing like you should totally set that example because i guess there's some people who don't think that way and why it's this crazy. has been a banner year for don't even Girl, get me started yeah we yeah <laughs> yeah Oof. i lost a lot of followers this year by just you know trying to promote basic human rights but that's, you know that's what's really business. funny is i i honestly don't hide who i am right like my instagram title and handle is literally world's strongest gay and i always think it's hilarious that whenever i post a picture of joey and i i lose followers okay oh wait i have a I'm theory like, what do you think what do you expect I do too. I have a theory. I don't think it's because people are pissed that you're gay. I think it's because people are like, like, like love you. Like idolize this idea of like Rob, he's so strong. He's so hot. I'm going to like follow him. And he's like, smoking and whatever. And then you post a picture of you in love and they're like, Oh, that kind of like ruins my fantasy. The only thing I'm getting from, the only thing I'm getting from this podcast is Nikki called me hot. So that's what I'm going to go tell my husband. So (laughs) I lose followers whenever I I think that it's not a secret. (laughs) Whenever I post a photo of me and my cat, that's when I lose followers. That's my sad. Oh, you gain followers when you post (laughs) pictures of Bean. There we go. I'll follow him. Oh, Bean Bean's got his own little fan club. Love that. But I the same thing happens to me whenever I post a picture of me and Matt. I like lose followers, and I'm like, well, okay, but like it's not, it's not. I'm not Danny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, but yeah. Danny doesn't post her boyfriend. No, and... but I'm saying, like, I think that there are people who follow her because they're, and everybody knows yeah, yeah. she has a boyfriend. There's people who follow her because they're like, she's like so hot. And I have this fantasy of like me being with her someday. And then, you know, you post a picture of you and your significant other, and they're like, oh, fantasy crushed. I'm, I'm out of here. Unfollow. <laughs> Peace out. 
But I, but what I'm saying is like, I don't like every other photo is of Matt or my baby. So it's still weird to me. Like yeah, if, you, if you're following me, you kind of know what I'm getting into. Like I post a lot about my personal life, which is family. So yeah. I do. I appreciate the fact though, yeah. that you're not afraid to post things. Like I was looking through your story and you had a thing about abortion rights this week, you know, today. Oh, thank you. And, and I, I, I know you're I'm, not talking about me, but. Yeah, no, no. But I guess my, you know, we don't have to get into that topic necessarily other than to say, like, I appreciate the fact that you view your page as your page. It's not, this isn't your platform to promote strong man or hard work pays off. It's like, you are who you are. You're authentic. And mm -hmm. I think that's important. You know, followers be damn like followers don't mean anything. You know what I mean? They just don't like, and, and I say that as someone who tries to cultivate followers, it doesn't mean anything in the real world. And it's, it's very cool that you're, you know, you feel authentic enough to say, Hey, this is important to me. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, you know, like with me, it's and I with all the brands that I align myself with and, and companies that I work with, I, I tell them that from the beginning, right? Like, obviously, if you're trying to work with me, you've seen who I am as a person and as an athlete. And that's not going to change because I sign a contract or start a job. Um, so, you know, if something pisses me off, like, you know, governors talking about wanting to take away marriage rights for LGBTQ plus people, you're damn right, I'm going to post about it. And I'm going to let you all know how, how I feel about it. And, you know, I think I, I don't shy away from that stuff and people can message me and make all the comments they want. You know, I will say I barely ever respond to any comment to a story I put up um, anything like that. Right. Like I'm, I'm pretty well known on Facebook for like posting up something kind of um, inflammatory and then just letting people go in the comments. I don't even respond back. Cause I'm like, you know what, this is my opinion. This is how I feel. Chances that you're going to change my mind are slim. So <laughs> Random I'm just going to leave person. it here. I, I yeah. always respond. It's the best part of Instagram. That's the best. <laughs> Somebody messaged me yesterday. I don't even know what I did to piss the guy off. He said I was going rogue. I don't even know what that means. And it's oh, yeah, like unfollowed. I'm like, bro, I got by Castro. You're not special. Like, what, what, do, I, what do I care? What do I care? You are not you special. Know, and my thing is, is if people unfollow me because of my stance on certain situations, there's a really good chance I didn't want you following me in the first place. That's exactly how I feel. That you is know? exactly how I feel. So I will plant my flag sleep in the sand. Fine. Yeah. I will plant my flag in the sand about a handful of topics. And at the end of the day, if, if you have a problem with that, like not only do I not need you as a follower, like I don't need any of that kind of negativity in my life. No. Period. And I think that's the cool thing about like where I'm at in my life, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm comfortable enough to say, you know, I'm like, I think that that's also part of why coming out for me wasn't that difficult. Um, because I was at a point in my life where I was like, well, if you don't like this, I don't need you. Hmm. You know, like I was confident enough in myself and comfortable enough with who I was. And I was finally realizing and experiencing real happiness that somebody's feelings about my sexual orientation weren't going to ruin that. Rob, was it always like that? Or were there many, or were there years before, before you and Joey, before you decided, okay, it's time to come out where you were like, oh my God, if anyone knows I'm gay, I'm never going to survive in the sport of strong man or, or whatever. And my life will be turned over. I don't think I ever had that because I never accepted myself for being gay hmm. for the longest time. Um, I knew it, but I pushed it so far into the back of my mind that I never wanted to realize it for myself and come to terms with it. You know, so when, when I started 
you know, I got to the point where I was just, you know, to be honest, like I was in a relationship with a girl for a year and a half. And I ended that relationship because I woke up one day and I realized how unhappy I was Hmm. because I had to wake up every single day and put on this facade to pretend to be somebody I wasn't. And that gets really exhausting Mm -hmm. when you have this reputation of having this demeanor of being happy and charming and um, engaging and interactive all the time to have to think about how you're speaking to people, how you're responding to certain social cues. um, And to have to cognitively think about that every second of every day is really tiring. Yeah. So I finally had this moment where I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so I ended that relationship. And I I mentioned earlier to kind of like go on this journey of, of like not even self-acceptance, but self-realization to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, why have you not accepted yourself and not realized this for yourself for so long? Yeah. And once I was able to do that, I mean, I'm lucky enough where I met Joey shortly after. And I finally had that, like that switch went off. I was like, oh shit. Like, this is what it means to be happy. This is mm-hmm. what it means to like, just be yourself. And when I finally experienced that for the first time, that's when I was like, yeah, you know, like if somebody doesn't like this, I really don't care because what I'm experiencing now is more important than anything else I've done in my life. That is such solid advice for everything in life, for everything. I love it. I I will tell you as a divorced male, though, that unhappy feeling you had with a woman, that's just how they make you feel, dude. That's just just how it turns out. I I I mean, dudes are great. I've learned that. So, (laughs) John, there's your problem, man. Maybe. Give it a shot. You don't know. Healthy experimentation is very normal. Hey, like I said, I told people I had a straight face for a while. So, right. I'm just sad you didn't have your hoeing phase before you met Joey. Yeah, you know, but I, my husband's smoking hot. Yeah, there's so that. So I, I lucked out. Yeah, That's I lucked true. out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to put you on blast, but he followed me first. I just like to say that. And uh, wow. I, you know, yeah. I, I do tend to like. Thanks, I, John. I, Thanks, John. Yeah. Really, really appreciate that, buddy. Well, I was like, <laughs> this is how I like, kind of figured I how I figured out who you were. I. um you know, I, I don't see everyone's comments. Like there's so many comments coming in you can't see them all, but if someone has a blue check, you, you'll see them almost always. And, and I would usually look, so like, all right, well, how this, you know, it's almost always a weatherman. I don't know why that is. They all have blue checks, all of them. Like it's ridiculous. So, lame. so I just assumed it was a weatherman, but then I looked and you know, he's, he's got your uh, name next to it with a ring. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. So I start like kind of looking and the content was really funny and clever. So I started following and, and keeping up with it. So that's how I figured out who you were and started going, oh, I need to pay more attention to strong man. Like this is a really interesting sport. And then after seeing you at the games and realizing how many people knew you, I'm like, shit, there's like a real crossover appeal between uh-huh. CrossFit and strongman that I had no idea existed. Yeah. I think I give a lot of credit to that's a rogue. You yeah. Know, I agree. Having, having the rogue invitational last year with having both sports at the same venue at the same time, I think, CrossFit fans were able to see what we do in strongman because I think a lot of the times you'll see it online, but it's not that relatable, right? Like you see like somebody deadlifting like 800 pounds. It's like, okay, cool. That's a lot of weight. 
And then you just kind of keep scrolling. But then you see us like pushing the wheel of pain or pressing 300 pound dumbbells over our head with one arm mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. And people see that they're like, Oh, like this is really cool. Like, you know, and um, I think it's, it's also, it's similar, but just a little bit different from CrossFit. So it, it kind of scratches that itch in a different way for, as a CrossFit fan. And I think having the Rogue Invitational is probably the best thing for strongman that we could have had as a sport. So I agree. I'm super yeah. curious about this after watching the games and seeing the women do the sandbag ladder. After watching Danny Spiegel dominate that, could she have could she have a, a career in strongman? Is she strong enough for that, or is she just uniquely strong for CrossFitters and there are women doing strongman much stronger than her? There are there are strong women strongmen much stronger than her, but that sandbag event was unbelievably impressive like a 250 bag for a female is that's a big sandbag um but you know i will say like in strongman strength like danny's not quite up there but it's but you know i've had this conversation a lot with people in the strongman community because they're they try to trash like what the what the crossfit athletes did at the games and i tell them it's like guys you have to realize like as strongman athletes we train these events you know, day in and day out to get better at them. They had like three hours notice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. we're still putting up insanely heavy weights. Um, But I will say like the top level of strong, strong female, strong like competitors are just outrageously strong. There's, um, you know, this one, uh, one woman out of Chicago, Inez, who she's overhead pressing over 315 right now. Um, We have Victoria Long, who's, arguably the strongest woman in America. She's deadlifted over 600 pounds. Um, just insane strength from, from some of these competitors. It's just unbelievable. That's crazy. Well, when I was watching the event, I'm like, man, maybe Danny's in the wrong sport, but now I know she isn't. Like, <laughs> but it was like really interesting to watch her because her, you know, I mean, I don't know shit about the form, but she looked great doing it. Like it just, it looked light. You know, she did. Great. She did everything right. I was like, I give her a lot of credit and you know, it's funny. I did a little interview with the morning chalk up and they asked like, who would be like the female athlete you would want to take as a strongman athlete. And without a question, it was Danny, right? Like she was the first one that came to mind. I was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. I'll take it all day. Um, and, you know, watching her do that sandbag event, like, like I said, like she did everything right. It's exactly how I coached Mal and Jason to do it in the back before the event happened. Um, and to watch her execute that well was awesome. Dude, Mal did great. I was shocked. I mean, Mal's a, tiny little thing and you know with all due that's with all due respect because she is as fit as they come but i th- i was like all right she's about to get crushed under the sandbag and she did great yeah i think she she hit or just missed the 210 bag i think she hit 210 and then missed 220 yeah. um it was she did an awesome job you know i mean gosh she weighs like a little under 140 pounds or something like that yeah. so to be out there doing that and you know the big oh. moment for me was that yeah, uh, was yeah. that <laughs> the really like proud Papa moment for me of the weekend was that yoke front squat deadlift workout. Um, you know, to see her, that's a heavy yoke, you know, 455 for the women is, is no joke. And, and, you know, to do that plus, you know, the two front squats at 215, the three deadlifts at 315, that's a heavy barbell. Um, and then to go back on the medley, you know, for Mal to complete that, that was, um, that was probably the coolest moment for me as a coach. Cause the the yoke and the deadlift were two movements that I worked specifically with Mal on going into the games, and to see uh, to see her do that well was was a lot of fun. I'm sure you're already thinking about it, but w- what do you need to fix on her before the next games, or what do you want to improve upon? 
Uh, you know, it's funny, Matt and I literally had this talk today. <laughs> um, the first thing is like, we want her to get a little bigger, right? So we'd love to see her gain some weight going into next game season. And then just building up some of that raw strength. I think the thing we're working against is biology. She's young. She's only 18, right? And strength just takes a long time to develop and get good at. Um, but I think we have a really, really solid base after the last six to eight months of working with her. Um, you know, people don't realize like where, where she was at to where she is now is just unbelievable leaps and bounds in terms of her strength. And I think we're only going to see that increase even more over this off season and, and going into next game season. But I think um, that's really going to be the focus. You know, obviously she loves fitness. <laughs> she loves those long workouts. She just likes to hurt. Um, I don't get it, but, <laughs> but um, same, same, same. yeah, you know, I, I'm really excited to work with her this off season on just some of that raw strength, just, just building up some of those barbell numbers, because the thing I keep telling her is, you know, while strength not might not be like sexy to work on, um, when you get to the games and your deadlift has increased 50 pounds, well, guess what? That 75 pound thruster feels that much lighter. Totally. You know, so trying to reframe strength for her that way has been really great and something she's connecting with. And, you know, we're, she, she has about another week off before we start jumping into off season training. So she's living it up and, uh, but she's itching to get back in the gym. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet. I'm sure. I bet. That's well-deserved, but like, that's gotta be tough. Uh, you know, that's all, you know, all day, day in and day out. Yeah, she's having so much needed family time, just living her best life and, you know, just really enjoying being the second fittest woman on earth. Like, that's just no it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Casual. Yeah, yeah. And and it didn't it didn't look like it was a fluke in any capacity. Like, I mean, for the longest I for a long time, I'm like, she's going to upset Tia. Like it was really kind of, you know, for those of us rooting for Tia to get her sixth title, it was kind of a nervous moment. But at the same time, I'm like, man, if anybody's going to do it, I'd love to see the youngest ever come in and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was cool to see her in that leader's jersey for a little while. And I think that uh, that definitely got her excited again, you know, for for next year. And, you know, she she took second place in a games that arguably she she might not have she probably shouldn't have, right? Like the workouts were heavy this year. Um, yeah. and, and to have that many strength workouts and to still see Mel on the podium, it really just goes, it's a testament to the amount of work that her and Matt put in throughout the entire season. And to see it all come through like that with her standing second on the podium was just, it was such a cool moment for them and for us as a company. Great. You know, you've been, you've been in competitive sports for a long time and the, you know, we've had not only Matt on here, but, you know, some of his coaches even, and the, the common denominator we've heard about him is how meticulous he is about every little thing. Is that, has that been a, a hard transition for you? Is something you expected? Are you the same way? Like, how has that been? I'm the same way, but, um, you know, it's, it's also made me more aware as a coach because here I am stepping into, into the gym with, with the best, one of the best ever. Right. And it elevates, how I want to coach as, as you know, with our athletes, but every single time I've left, you know, the camp, I've come away learning more and more every single time. And the cool thing is Matt also, you know, he kind of echoes the same to me that he learns more from me every time we're together as well. And, but I'll put this, you know, the last time, one of the last times I was up there before the games, it was right after Granite games. And I don't know if you guys remember in one of the workouts, Mal tripped over the bar running to the finish line. So for a half an hour, 
they worked on transitions of jumping over the barbell at the end of a workout. And it's like, in that moment, I was sitting back and I'm realizing, I'm like, who else is spending 30 minutes of their day dropping a barbell from overhead to jump over it so they don't trip? You know, it, it, it was that moment and seeing that happen in real time where I was like, wow, he, he really is built different. Totally. Yeah. You know, no to one else that is spending that time. Is no one else is spending that time. Wild. And every single person has tripped too. Bingo. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and his, and you know, like our mindset was we're going to the games to win. And when, you know, Matt's thought was, well, you're not going to lose the games because you can't jump over a barbell. <laughs> right. So, cause yeah. at that level against Tia, against those girls, every second matters, you know, that's yeah. the difference between a win and a third place in an event. So, you know, to see him dissect the sport in such a way um, to really just minuscule things like that. It was, it makes me want to be a better coach. Um, and cool. it really does elevate what I want to bring to the table in terms of what I do with our, with our elite games athletes and just what I do with the HWPO strong program with all of the members we have on it right now. So before we wrap up, where do they find your part of the program? So I may wanted to sign up for hard work pays off strong. Where do they go get access to you? So you can go to hwpotraining.com and under our program options, uh, strong is listed there. I will say the amazing thing about what we do with HWPO is the cost at what you pay for a program for what you get for that program is really it's it's second to none. You know, we have an amazing community um, that you get to interact with the coaches directly where we do form checks, answer questions about anything you have with the program. And we can direct you and make adjustments for you, even though this is a quote unquote more of a mass type programming um, platform. We still want all of our members to succeed and get the most out of these programs. So if one movement's not working for you, we'll work to adjust it to make sure you're getting the most out of the program. And, uh, you know, it's 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 really been amazing. And something that O'Keefe has echoed every single week, you know, is we want to make all of our members feel like they're stealing from us at the end of the day. So we try to over deliver on everything we give and coming over to HWPO and jumping on one of our programs. That's exactly what you're going to get. I love that. Awesome. I mean, we had Matt on the show when, when the entire program first kicked off and he was explaining that he does like, you know, these Zoom calls with some people and he gets on and really explains the program. And I literally to him, I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, because it's not literally like you getting on a Zoom call with the members. And he was like, y yes, it is. Yeah. I was like, oh, OK, sorry. I, didn't yeah, so, say. I just didn't think you would. OK, cool. You're really doing it. Sounds good. So, good. so even with strong, like I get on weekly calls with the members that are in the program to answer questions that they may have, because I also realize like running a strength focused program is very new to a CrossFit based community. So making sure mm -hmm. that they're attacking the workouts correctly and performing everything the way it should be and making sure they're getting the most out of the program is really important to me. Um, so yeah, so I do weekly calls with all the members and strong to make sure that everybody's doing what they need to. So cool. I, I think that's right. Well, we've known O'Keefe and, you know, now Matt and Sammy for a long time. And I think our, you know, our impression of that whole camp is that, you know, they're humble and collaborative and, uh, you know, just 
have a huge desire to win. And I got to be honest, dude, I think you're the perfect complement to what they were totally. looking for. So totally. I, I know you so you're, I'm, I know you're proud to be there, but you've absolutely earned it. And yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see what you do there. Sure. That really means a lot. Thank you guys. Thank you both. All right. Well, Nikki, did you get all your fangirling in? Are you good? I did. I did. I feel good. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, my God. No problem. (laughs) All right. Well, we're all going to stay on. When I hit the end, we're going to stay on so you guys can connect over this book. But for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining. Uh, Super fun tonight. And we will chat with you guys next week.